I've been told to rearrange a couple things here. Well, this morning, uh, I get to introduce to you Winona and my grandson. So, Josh and Elise, why don't you stand up and do show everybody little Thaddeus. Thaddeus Jude Stunenberg. Hallelujah. They always told me being a grandparent would be fun. I just had no idea how much fun. And I, I, I think I'm pretty good at it, but I've only done it for like a week and a half. So, but hallelujah. God is good. Last week, Pastor Daniel preached my sermon. He didn't get permission. He didn't even ask me. But he gets going in the sermon, and then he heads to Luke, and he talks about how the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And then he says, by the way, if you look at that word overshadow, it's the same word talks about Peter in his shadow and how it overshadowed people. And what's really funny is a month ago, uh, Renee gave me this piece of paper. And he said, hey, David, he said, I've looked at the word overshadowed. He says, because you're talking about it all the time. He says, and, and so what he did was he actually did a small word, word study it appears five times in the Bible. And he put down the verses, and then he wrote down the definition for me. And he says, I, I just thought you might like this, he says, because you're talking about the shadow. And so I took it home with me. I read it a few times, and I thought, huh, I'm intrigued by the shadow. Maybe I should study it a bit. You know, so... I took these verses, and I started studying them, and then last week, Pastor Daniel preaches it. So, I'm going to preach it again. Are you okay with that? So, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, like, I'd like you to turn to, to Luke, and I'm going, to, I'm going to read like three or four verses three or four passages that, that refer to this term, um, the shadow, but also the word overshadow. And I want to I show you a few definitions, and then I want to I I give you some ways that you can see your shadow influence your area. So if you're in Luke 1, 35, it says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And that word overshadow there means to overshadow, to come over. What I want you to see in that passage 
is when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you and He overshadows you, birth happens. Something is birthed. When the Holy Spirit comes and He moves on us, things start to come alive in us. Now, if you can turn in your Bibles to Mark 9. And this, this is a funny passage. This is the passage about the, the Mount of Transfiguration. And we're going to start in about verse 1. And I'm going to read about seven or eight verses. But I want you to get a little picture because this is, I, I just love this passage. I read it and, and it just pops on me. So this is Jesus talking and he says unto them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the, see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And it just says, and I, I just love this, and he was tri transfigured before them. As if it's like, oh well, he just was transfigured. And that word transfigured carries in it metamorphosis, complete change. Can you imagine being there and seeing Jesus... And all of a sudden, he changes with no special effects required. No makeup required. It just happens. And he's actually changed in front of them. And it says, his clothes became shiny, exceedingly white, like snow. <laughs> Tides got nothing on Jesus. It says that no launderer on earth can whiten them. <laughs> Tide, shout, uh, whatever detergent, it couldn't make it as white as Jesus was. Put that in your 30-second commercial. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And, and the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and, and Peter answers, and I, I just love this, Peter answers, he wasn't even asked a question. Have you ever answered without being asked? <laughs> I've had those Peter moments. I try to learn from them, but I still keep answering without being asked. And Peter answered and said, Jesus, he goes, Jesus, Rabbi. It's good for us that we're here. Like, you are so lucky that we're here. Jesus Most High, Son of God, you are so lucky that we're here. Oh, Lord, help me not answer like that. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Like, aren't you so glad that we are here for you to take care of this? Because he didn't know what to say. Now, if you don't know what to say, just say nothing at all. 
and they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud. Can you imagine the majesty and the power of God that this cloud overshadows the three or four or five or six of them? And a voice comes out of the cloud. Where did that voice come from? Usually a voice requires a person speaking. This voice came from out of the cloud. I was, I was meditating this week. I was reading the book of Daniel, and I read like f- the first four chapters of Daniel just blew me away. Because in those first four chapters, you see amazing things. You see um, the lion's den, or not the lion's den, you see the fiery furnace. And they throw three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fire. And the guys that threw them into the fire died. So the fire was hot. The guys that threw him into the fire were, were killed. And then the, the king looks in there and he says, I thought you threw three in there. Why is there a fourth? And he looks like the son of God. And he calls them out of there and they don't even smell like smoke. Then you see pictures. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Can you imagine this? Can you interpret dreams? Now, some of you are gifted at it, and I think there's sometimes there's dreams and we can see pits, bits and pieces and we can put it together. Well, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He forgets the dream. Then he calls everybody and he's, all his wise men and he says, guys, you tell me what I dreamed. And if you can't tell me what I dreamed, and then if you can't tell the interpretation of it, you're dead. Hello? That's like, thanks, king. I don't have a clue what you dreamed, and you're asking me to tell you what you dreamed and then to tell you the interpretation. And they're getting ready to to kill these guys, and, and then Daniel comes on the scene and he says, I'll tell you the dream. I heard of this prophet who went to a restaurant, I believe it was in Seashell. Pastor Ivan was telling me about this. And they were talking to this waitress, and they, they were talking, and, and she said she had a dream, and she was troubled by a dream. She didn't tell them the dream. And the prophet looked at her, and he says, I'm going to come here tomorrow, and I'm going to tell you your dream, and I'm going to tell you what it means. And the next morning, he went there, and he told her the dream, and he told her what it meant, and she was like, impacted. <laughs> We always say, I'm going to tell you what you're thinking. And we try to plant them with thoughts to make them think something so that we can tell them what they think. But Nebuchadnezzar was there. He says, I had his dream and I don't even remember it. Then there's another story. And these aren't stories. These are real things that happen, by the way. Sometimes we read them and and we just pass by them. You read, I think it's chapter 4. Actually, in that, Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar one of the dreams and then another dream he has. And Daniel says, by the way, this dream, oh God, don't, I don't want to have to tell you this dream. And Nebuchadnezzar says, tell it to me. And he says, well, you're going to be lifted up with pride, basically, and you're going to go run in the, beef, in the field. And it says in the Bible that Nebuchadnezzar, the moment 
he said something, his kingdom was taken away and he went into the bush and he became like an animal. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask for some DVDs and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch these things in like real live drama. I mean, he probably has something better than DVDs in heaven. You know, Netflix, that's, that's like Christflix or something like that. It, it's got to be a heavenly name. It's not Netflix, it's like heavenly flicks or something. Then you get to Daniel chapter 4. And it's a different king. And he's having this party... And all of a sudden, a hand appears and writes on the wall. <laughs> Hello? Can, I've seen it on TV. And you know it's fake. But this was real. Can you imagine being in that kind of setting where some of the stuff is happening? And that's where we get the term Belshazzaritis where your knees start knocking. It says his knees were not, and he lost his strength. And so I just read the first four chapters of Daniel, and it's like, wow. Can you imagine seeing miraculous things happen where you are today? Can you imagine seeing God doing things today? Now, I'm not saying I need to see a hand appear. I'm not saying that. But I want to see the power of God released on people. I want to see miracles. I want to see lives transformed. So we get to this passage, and it says in this passage in Mark that, that the Holy Spirit, uh, the cloud, and this voice speaks out, and this is, this is my son, hear him. And that passage in there uses the word overshadowed. And that word overshadowed means to overshadow. Sometimes I just love how simple definitions can be. But in that passage, God gives direction. So in Luke, we saw that when God overshadowed, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, we see conception, we see birth, we see life starting. In this passage, when God came over them, what happened is God gave them direction. I want you to catch that. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and He overshadows you, He can give you direction. He can speak to you. Now I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 5. Actually, turn, first of all, turn to chapter 3. I believe God wants to impose Himself into your life. I can show you that because part of the definition of overshadow reflects and, and refers to the term imposing. The Holy Spirit imposes Himself. Have you ever imposed yourself into a situation? 
There's been a few times. I've got four children. I've imposed myself into their life many times. But there's been other situations where it hasn't been my children and I've imposed myself and I purposely put myself into somebody's life. And I felt directed by God to do so. I don't go around doing that. Um, I think you need to hear from God before you start just imposing yourself into other people's lives. But there were some things happening and I felt God telling me, David, you need to be there, stand with them and encourage them and be visible. So I literally imposed myself into that situation. God wants to purposely, intently, and strategically impose himself in your life. He wants to purposely take the Holy Spirit and just have him come and just envelop and just overshadow your life. If you go to Luke, I mean Acts chapter 3, so how, how does this happen? Well, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So he's asking for money. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John... Peter says, look at us. So the guy gives them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Every one of us has people around us that need something from us. That was a good place for an amen. Everybody here has somebody around you that needs something that you've got. And this guy says, can you give me money? And Peter says, look at us. And the guy looks at them expecting to get what he needs or what he wants, money. And Peter says, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have, give we thee. He says, I don't have money, but what I've got, I'm going to give you. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was imposing himself in that situation. The Holy Spirit was overshadowing that situation. The Holy Spirit was directing Peter and John in the situation. And he overshadowed them, and then you see this miracle, and what's happening, and what's funny is it turns that whole area. It just makes some radical things happen. Radical things happen when people get healed, people get saved. I think of that story of the, of the guy, I think he was blind from birth. And Jesus heals him and then they start questioning, are you actually the guy? Were you blind? Where's your mom and dad? What's the matter with this guy? And all he can say is, all I know is I was blind and now I see. So flip over now to Acts 5. first few verses of Acts 5 and the story of Ananias and Sapphira. We're not going to go there this morning. 
I'm going to start in verse 12. Acts 5, verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Hmm. Wow. Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Look at your hands for a second. Look at your hands. It's through these that signs and wonders can happen. Look at your hands. Seriously, look at your hands. And say, hands, I see miracles happening. I see signs and wonders happening. I see the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit happening. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of them dared join them, but the, rest of the, but the people esteemed them highly. And be, believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Listen to this. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Wow. I said a few weeks ago, can you imagine the first time that happened? What happened? I don't know. I was just laying down and all of a sudden I felt better. So the guy goes on Facebook. He posts it. The next day, another guy gets healed. What happened? I know, it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and, and man, I've been here all day. I've been here week after week and and and... I, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I just, I wasn't sick anymore. And he posts that on Facebook. This thing starts to go viral. See, I learned these terms. <laughs> it's not the YouTube, apparently, it's YouTube. Although I like the term, the YouTube. And, and the next day, a third guy gets healed. And in fact, two people get healed that day. And, and all of a sudden, they're starting to see something happening. And they go, well, what are the common denominators? Well, hmm, it's sunny out. Okay. Um, we're all laying on the ground. We're not feeling good. Okay. Oh, I, I, I think it's the disciples. I think it's the apostles. I, I think it was Peter. Maybe it was James. I don't, I don't know about it. it was, you know what we're going to do? Tomorrow, we're going to find out where Peter is. And we're going to lay some guys on the street. And we're just going to see if something happens. And you know what? you can get your cell phone and you can video it. And so the next day, they lay them down and Peter comes by and all of a sudden his shadow touches it. Just if the shadow can touch. And his shadow overshadows them, it says in the scripture. And they get healed. <laughs> Talk about crazy. Talk about wild. Talk about ridiculous. Talk about amazing. And all of a sudden, they connected. 
And Peter went from a walking ministry probably to some kind of ministry. Can you ride a donkey? Can you ride? Can, you, can we get your shot? Like, can you imagine? That's how my mind would think. Come on. How can we make this happen? And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It came to the point where they just hoped he would come by and if so much as just his shadow could touch them. And it says in, in, in that verse, it says that his shadow overshadowed them. And it's the same word that we see in Luke when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and birth happened. Life became. It's the same word that's used in the, the transfiguration, uh, transfiguration account in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three of those Gospels have that same word. And there we see that God, the Holy Spirit, overshadows them, and then He speaks. I want to tell you there's something amazing and powerful when the Holy Spirit overshadows you. It's not just to give you a buzz. It's not to give you a heavenly high, although that is enjoyable. But he has a purpose. He wants to birth something. He wants to speak into something. He wants to give direction into something. He wants the miracle and the miraculous to happen. And I believe in miracles. We've seen them. We've experienced them. We are experiencing them. Some are happening. Some have happened. And there's many more yet to happen. Leona, last Sunday they prayed for your ankle or your foot. Was there improvement? Say that louder. Did you hear that? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. And when it can go, that's fun. Were you happy and glad that that went? Was that a miracle? Because it was there before. Come on. We sometimes expect some... You're not going to see fire happening out of my hands too often. I've tried. It burns. But the miracles happen when we agree with God and we do what His Word says. And I would suggest to you that miracles and the miraculous can happen in so much as your shadow happens because the, over, the Almighty overshadows you. And it can happen in our walking, in our daily activity. You might not even know it happens. I don't think Peter realized at first. Paul, later on in Acts... <laughs> Somehow they figured out a piece of his clothing healed people. Can you imagine the first piece of snail mail where there's a piece of cloth and then there's this scroll attached because they didn't write letters, they wrote scrolls and so they opened up this, I'm just kidding, they had this piece of parchment or something, I don't know how they did it, but somehow they passed on this cloth and with the cloth they said this cloth was anointed by Paul and it says that even demons, evil spirits left with a piece of fabric 
And I've heard of that, and we've practiced that. And we will continue to practice that. We have anointed cloths here. Maybe what we should do is get somebody's T-shirt, like one of your T-shirts, Pastor Nelson, and cut it up. Instead of just a towel, come on, somebody laugh. and Somebody's going to smell that and go, is that the anointing or is that the inspiration or perspiration? Easy now, my wife says. There's something that happens when the power of God comes and He overshadows you. I want to give you a few thoughts about what happens with a shadow. A shadow requires two things. It requires light and it requires an object. If there's no objects up here and the light is on, there'll be no shadows. And if I stood up here with the light on, all of a sudden you see a shadow. In fact, as kids, do you guys ever remember doing stuff like this? You know, in front of the projector. And you'd make rabbit ears and you'd go like this. And what you're doing is you're projecting a shadow. It requires two things. It requires light and it requires an object. I would suggest to you that the miraculous requires two things. It requires heavenly, but it also requires naturally. God didn't build the ark. Noah built the ark for 120 years. God did not slay Goliath. David took a stone and God miraculously took that trajectory and put it where it went. But it required God and it required man. It requires light and it requires an object. A shadow requires two things. Your shadow is because of you. The shadow you have is because of you. And the shadow you have is because of God. Because of light. If there's no sun out, we don't get shadows. And I'm talking naturally, but now let's look at it in a spiritual sense. If the Holy Spirit is overshadowing me, there is a light around me. And if he is around me, overshadowing me, enveloping me, he's birthing something in me. He's speaking direction to me, and I am in the shadow. It says in Psalm 91 he, that we dwell in the shadow of his wings. And if he is overshadowing me, and I am standing there listening to him, I will create a shadow. Now, I joke around with you, and I tell you, I ride my bike, and I love it in the sunshine, because I cast a shadow. I joke around, but I'm also serious when I say that. And I literally 
will ride. And when I see somebody, I try to figure out which way my shadow is being cast. And I watch to see when I walk, drive by them and ride by them. I'll raise my hand. They think I'm saying hi. And I'm saying, God, I don't know how else to release it, but release. And then I actually look behind me to see if something happens. I went to a, a store, a grocery store, I told you. And there was a, a lady that wasn't walking clearly. And I could have gone in her shadow. But I decided to walk around and cast my shadow. They didn't have a clue what I was doing. And it didn't look too odd, so I was okay with it. I mean, I didn't walk 75 feet around. But... But I'm expecting something to happen. We've had people that have seen in the spirit the gymnasium full of hospital beds from people that are here to get healed. I'm wrapping my head around that one. I'm not sure what Abbotsford Regional Hospital will say. They might thank us. They might say, do you have a medical license? I don't know. But I know the great physician. We need to start thinking miraculous. We need to start thinking the miraculous. We need to start thinking about the supernatural. When that guy says, can you give me money... He was thinking what he wanted. Peter was thinking supernatural. And he says, I don't have money, but what I've got, I'll give you. And I would suggest to each and every one of you here, you have something to give to someone else. Each one of you casts a shadow. Not just Pastor David, not just Pastor Winona, not just Pastor Nelson or Pastor Louise or Pastor Daniel or Pastor Brenda or this person who really holy. Every single one of you casts a shadow. Every single one of you. A shadow, Ted? I love you, man. It's so good to see you today, man. You got rock. You got rock today, didn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A shadow conveys proximity. My shadow is connected to me. If you want to get in somebody's shadow, you've got to get close to that place. You've got to get near that object in order to get the shadow. We need to stay close to God. 
We need to stay in his presence. We need to hunger and thirst after him. We need to seek him with all our hearts. We need to develop a relationship that is desperate for God. I am desperate for God. I don't do things on my own. It is through his power. And I need him today more than I needed him yesterday. And tomorrow I'm going to need him more than today because I'm expecting every day to grow in him. And I can't do it on yesterday's strength. I need his anointing. I need his strength. I need his wisdom more today than yesterday. And if I'm living a life fulfilled with him, I should need it more tomorrow because I'm expecting to go from glory to glory. This line upon this line upon this line. And we live a life as believers that increases in intensity as we get closer to him. And the more I see from him, the more I realize I need him. I can't do it alone. I can't. The shadow represents proximity. It represents the fact that there's a light on. Is the Holy Spirit shining, overshadowing you. Your shadow reflects you. Your shadow reflects the light. So how can I make... This, this might sound sunny, funny to you, but this is the only way I could write it. How do I make my shadow effective? Now, I'm not, I'm not, asking, I'm not asking us to be the first church of the shadow. And we're not going to change their name from Solid Rock to Shadow Rock. <laughs> but if you don't start thinking miraculous, you'll never experience miraculous. If you don't start thinking souls, you won't see souls. If you don't start thinking evangelism, you won't see evangelism. And I want today... I want to mess with your thinking today. I want you to walk out today and look at the sun as differently than you've ever looked at it before. I want you to walk out today and look at the forecast. Say, so when's the next sunny day? And around here, it might be a while. <laughs> So how do I make myself, my shadow, effective? Be aware. Be aware. Where are you working? Literally, where do you work? Well, I work in an office. I work on a job site. I work in a vehicle shop. I work in a woodworking shop. I work in laying carpets, I work painting, I work doing this, I work doing roofs. Wherever you work is where your shadow is. Be aware that you're casting a shadow where you are. So how do you make your shadow effective? You realize today, where I'm working, I'm actually having an effect on people.
we have an effect on people. Have you ever noticed how happy people can be happy and then all of a sudden somebody that's down on the mouth, not happy and sad, walks into the room and affects the room? They've actually done psychology tests on that. And they have seen how one person can affect an area. Can you imagine tomorrow morning when you jump in the shower and you get ready to start your day and you say, Holy Spirit, would you overshadow me today? And then you go to work and you're aware. You are aware that you have a shadow. And you go about and all of a sudden you hear somebody who's had a rough day, a rough weekend. Maybe somebody whose marriage is having a tough time. And you're in that area and your shadow is overshadowing that individual. How do you make your shadow effective? You're aware in the morning that God is with you and you see this situation and you are saying, I'm going to just say what God gives me and He might just give you one word. He might give you a sermon, but He might just give you one word. He might give you one phrase. He might just say, just tell Him, I'm here for you, man. That's casting a shadow. He might say, well, tell him you'll pray for him. So you go to him and say, man, how's it going? My wife and I, we just had a huge argument. She told me, pack up. She told me to get out. There's a moment. That's where your shadow will overshadow that person. You can say, man, that sucks. Uh, Can I pray for you? Can I help you? You might find somebody who's stressed out because their kids are doing stuff, getting involved with things, and their heart is broken. Your shadow will overshadow that individual. Just, where's the hand, Mike? I just want to share the simplicity of this. We went to a restaurant after church, and we're sitting around the table, and I said to them there, I said, do you ever watch people? They said, huh? I says, I, I, I peruse the room to see if God has anybody he wants to say something to. And God pointed a lady out to me. And they were ready to leave, and I called her over to the table. I knew what I was going to say to her. I said, God is telling me to tell you that he will take care of your difficulties. She said, thank you. And it was that simple. Amen.
How do you make your shadow effective? You're aware that you have a shadow. You're aware of who is the shadow, who produces the shadow. It's the light. It takes two things to cause a shadow. It causes the light and you. It takes God, but it also takes you. One of the definitions of overshadow, there's three of them. I'll just read them to you. To cast a shade upon. There are some people, all they need is shade. All they need is to be close to you and they get refreshed. There are some people you don't have to do a whole lot. All you have to do is put your arm around them and they feel comfortable. They feel at peace. People will literally walk around you. Get a grab of this. Grab this. People will actually walk around you and say, when I'm around you, something's different. Man, you just... And, it, and you don't even do anything. <laughs> You don't even do, you're not singing to the loud as you can. You're not, you're not quoting scripture. You're not, all you're doing is just living the way God has caused you to live and your relation with him and you're aware of him. And all of a sudden they just say, I just like being around you. You know what you've done? You've cast your shadow on that person. That's one definition. Another definition of shadow or overshadow is a haze of brilliancy. Some of you, your shadow will just be an influence of shade. I've seen that in a classroom. People walk into somebody's classroom and they say, why is this classroom different? We just like to come into this classroom. Because that person has the shadow and is aware of what God is doing. Another one is the haze of brilliancy. There may be some people that you're around and they'll look at you and you will just overwhelm them with the brilliancy of God. Whether it's an answer or whether it's a smile. But they'll look at you and they'll say, what's different? That's casting your shadow. And the third definition of shadow in this passage and in these, in these passages, it says a preternatural, preternatural, preternatural influence. And that word preternatural, I had to look it up because I didn't know it. But the word preternatural means an unusual influence. Above and beyond. Not your typical influence, but when the Holy Spirit is with you and your shadow hits, when Peter's shadow hit them, there was something unusual that happened. Not, I don't have the usual shadow. My shadow is supercharged. Come on. My shadow is supercharged because I've got the Holy Spirit around me. I have an unfair advantage over everybody that does not know the Holy Spirit, does not know God. 
I can expect my shadow to do something different than the person around me that doesn't know Christ. Why? Because it has a per... Oh, Lord, help me. Why does he give me such big words? It just... I just like, would like it if he said it was a natural, a huge natural, but he says it's a preternatural influence. An influence that goes above and beyond. And some of you will experience your shadow going above and beyond what is expected. Expect your shadow to go beyond. Adrian, you were sharing with me a situation where you've had at work. That's your shadow. And your shadow is affecting other people. Keep it up. I've had a number of people share with me. And what happens is when we start to expect things to happen, we start to see them and we're starting to be aware of them. And all of a sudden, we walk differently. We act differently. We talk differently. Why? Because I have something preternatural. Man, I wish I could say it faster. But we have something that is above and beyond the natural. That's Holy Spirit. So how do you Cast your shadow, you become aware of it. I don't have six steps. Every time you look at the sun, try to figure out where your shadow's going. Literally, every time you look at the sun, where's my shadow? Start thinking supernatural. Start thinking miracle. Start thinking, God, what are you doing here? Amen? It's sunny out today, by the way. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for soup. You're all invited to join us. We do ask for a $5 donation, but if you cannot, that is not in your budget and you're not able to, we want you to have soup with us. The soup is on. The money that we do raise goes towards projects, and I believe this is going towards uh, Costa Rica. Is that right, Pastor Daniel? And we've done things because of the generosity of Soup Sunday. We've impacted children's lives, not just in Costa Rica, but over other areas as well. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your light. I thank you, Lord, that we can expect the supernatural to happen because you don't just live in a natural plane, but you go above and beyond. Lord, I ask that you bless this soup today to our nourishment, to our strength. Be with everyone. And Lord, I ask for miracles, signs and wonders to follow those who believe in you. In your precious name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.